this is called Let It Down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of uh, Weekly Five. I'm your host, Lee Murray. I'll be putting out uh, seven to 15 minute little episodes kind of explaining my weekly five roundup in college football where I'll be picking the five games I'm most confident in against the spread on a weekly basis and keeping track of my uh, my my winning percentage my and, and how well I'm doing. Hoping to shoot over 55% this year. Um, last week was a very fun week where started out uh, kind of questioning my uh, my ability to uh, to be a to be a prophet uh, Thursday night when I took Georgia Tech plus 37 against Clemson obviously didn't cover I think they lost by something like 42 and then I took BYU at home in the Holy War plus seven um, I thought that game would be a lot closer than it was. Uh, kind of a prove-it spot for Utah. Not an easy uh, way to open up the year. And Utah went out there and handled their business. They took care of BYU for four quarters um, and really ran away with it in the second half. So those are two spots where I don't necessarily regret my plays, but maybe could have been a bit sharper. Um, I gained confidence later in the week. Uh, Friday, I took Oklahoma State minus 14 against Oregon State. It was a little scary early. Oregon State seemed to be offensively... Uh, moving the chains and, and, and scoring and keeping up with Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State ultimately proved to have more talent and pulled away as the game went on and ultimately covered 14. Um, felt, felt good about that one. And then uh, went, went, uh, ultimately went 3-for-3 three three after the 0-for-2 start. Uh, on Saturday, I got a little bit lucky taking Oregon minus 3.5, a very popular bet, um, just taking the SEC – juggernaut, so to speak, in terms of the players they're putting out on the field against the Pac-12 juggernaut. Um, the SEC's got a pretty impeccable record against the Pac-12, especially in neutral site. And uh, Auburn, Bo Nix saved me with that, with, that, uh, with that touchdown. Really thought I'd be on the losing side of that one. Thought they would end up kicking a field goal, but uh, that's the beauty of gambling sometimes. Sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. Ultimately worked in my favor, which I was very happy about. Um, and then finishing the night with uh, sneakily the most exciting game of the night, in my opinion, which was Fresno State at USC, uh, which I thought was just so much fun to watch, a game where Fresno State just really played with a huge chip on their shoulder, worked really hard throughout the game, uh, just very impressive, very impressive outing from Fresno State, ended up losing by eight, covering 13, so I finished off very strong, ended up three for two, but that's enough about last week. I'm getting into this week. I'm going to be making these podcasts every two weeks. I think every every week's a little repetitive, so I'll do a roundup like I just did of last week and then a little introduction to this week. We got week two of college football coming up, and uh, I am uh, I'm very excited, obviously. We got a decent slate. This slate, I think, was maybe a little bit... Uh, a little bit easier just because you're not, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that because I could be doing a little bit worse. But, you know, you're not – you've seen these teams play. You, you've you seen what they kind of look like. They have a little bit of a, uh, you know, a reference point, at least one game. So um, so you can you can at least work off that a little bit and, and, and continue to 
to try to beat the books uh, with with their early looks on these teams um, and try to find where the value is. So enough of that. <clears throat> Started out three for five, so I'm shooting 60% so far after one week. Uh, try to do that every week. Starting out on Saturday at 11.05. Uh, not necessarily positive why this game isn't starting at noon, but it's not. Ohio at Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's favored by five points. At least that's what I got it at. It's been moving around. I think it started at three and a half and moved up to six and a half, and it's now settled at four. Um, if you can get them at four, great. If you can get them at five, great. I think six and a half may be a little rich, but this is a Pittsburgh team that struggled to move the ball against Virginia offensively week one and ultimately just got out offensed. Um, but Pat Narduzzi is a really I think he's a really good defensive-minded coach. Maybe they have their shortcomings on offense, and Ohio may be kind of a rowdy uh, MAC championship contender. But I think the game's in Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's got the better team. They're coming off a, a conference loss, and I just think Narduzzi isn't the type of guy that's going to drop a game to a MAC team after after losing a tough conference game to Virginia that I thought they would be a little more competitive in. So I may be eating my words here, but I think you can lay the five with Pittsburgh and comfortably. Um, uh, have them take you to the window. I think Pittsburgh's going to end up winning this thing by uh, by more than a touchdown. So that's my first play is Ohio at Pittsburgh to kick it off on Saturday. Pittsburgh minus five. Second play, we get a little more exciting here in terms of the scale of the game. Uh, 3.35 Eastern time. Texas A&M at Clemson. Uh, Texas A&M is getting 17 points, and I'm falling for it. This is something that maybe, maybe my Achilles heel is a little bit emotionally betting. But uh, I like the Aggies a lot this year. I think Clemson's still working out some kinks. I know I, I, I got bit betting against them last week with Georgia Tech, but I think Texas A&M is overall a much more competent team with a lot more on the line. And I think Texas A&M's kind of getting overlooked this year a little bit. I really think Jimbo Fisher's one of the, one of the better coaches in college football. And I think Kellen Mond is the most underrated quarterback in college football. This is a guy that... I really, I really noticed originally. I noticed how much I didn't like him in the game where Josh Rosen miraculously came back um, against them, and, and Nick Starkle went out with the injury. And then I noticed how much I did like him the next year when they were playing this very team, Clemson. I mean, it was at home at Kyle Field in front of the twelfth man, and they put up a great fight. The final score ended up being twenty six twenty eight. Clemson won by two. Um, but Kellen Mond really showed me he had some, he had some serious moxie. He had poise. He's got a great frame. He can deliver the ball. He's trusting his reads more. I just think this is going to be a game that is a little more competitive than people may think. Uh, I see Clemson kind of pulling away with it late, but 17, I just think Texas A&M is too competitive of a team, too well coached, with too much talent and too good of a quarterback to lose this game by 17. I do understand where there are faults in this bet. Clemson is kind of a powerhouse. Um, so if they start putting up points early and Texas A&M can't keep up, it could get ugly. Uh, but but I do ultimately like Texas A&M uh, plus 17 enough to, to throw them in my weekly five um, just because of my belief in Jimbo Fisher kind of reasserting himself as one of the better coaches in college football and really putting Kellen Mond on the map as, as, as a possible maybe first-round draft pick next year. Uh, moving forward, BYU at Tennessee. Oh, man, another, another one where I'm kind of chasing a, a team I lost on last week. BYU is catching four points at Tennessee. I just think this is, uh, my eyes may be tricking me, but this seems too good to be true. Tennessee is coming off one of the most devastating losses in program history against Georgia State where they just looked like an indisciplined, 
and uh, unprepared team. I've never liked their coach, Jeremy Pruitt. I think that he's in over his head. I think they should have hired Shiano, regardless of what their fan base may have said. And I think they're paying for that this year. And BYU is a team that probably has less talent on paper. But, and another, uh, you know, Kalani Sataki is another guy who's probably on the hot seat as a coach. But this is a BYU team that fights, man. They fight to the very last whistle. And they'll make very frustrating mistakes. But I don't think Tennessee really knows how to win. I don't think they know how to close out a game. And I think this is kind of going to be an ugly close game. That And BYU is going to steal a win at Tennessee and ultimately make those Vols fans really face that rock bottom that they need to face in order to improve as a program. So I, I the fact that BYU is catching four points here, I think I didn't read too much into it, and I kind of just went with it. So I'm going, uh, this is the first 7 o'clock game, excuse me, on Saturday. So 7.05 Eastern, BYU catching four at Tennessee. I kind of like BYU to win, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line, but I think the four points of insurance is, is more than enough uh, for BYU. Tennessee has done nothing to prove they should be a favorite in that game, I guess is essentially what I'm trying to say. Um, and then the juiciest play on the ticket. Uh, this is a game I've been looking forward to ever since I heard it got announced. Is 7.35 Eastern, LSU at Texas. Texas is catching 6.5 as I speak right now. Started out as 4.5, got bet up to 6.5. I just This kind of seems like classic LSU overhype to me. I do understand that they have multiple future draft picks on their defense and maybe on their offense, and Joe Burrow's looking solid, and it seems that Ed Orgeron's getting the hang of things as a coach, but... LSU, when has LSU not had multiple draft picks on their team? Um, and, and and when have they not been getting this overhype, this classic SEC overhype? It's like the NCAA wants them to win these games so badly so that they can get back to that point where the LSU-Alabama game is the uh, the greatest game since, since, uh, since sliced bread. And I just don't think that this LSU team really fits that bill. Um, I think people are overreacting about Texas's lack of a running game or the or the seniors they lost. I think this is a Texas team that is just quietly does work and is led by arguably the best leader and uh, face of a college football team in college football and Sam Ellinger, who I have nothing but good things to say about. And this is just a spot where I think Texas is a better coach. They have a better quarterback, and they're getting six and a half points at home. It, it almost just seems too good to be true. Uh, I would say this is my favorite play of the week. It may be a little scary betting against LSU just with all the talent on their roster, but I'm just not buying into the LSU overhype this year. I, I don't think that they are the uh, the powerhouse that a lot of folks out there are trying to make them out to be. And I think Texas, quite frankly, has a better chance of making the college football playoff, and this is a more important game to Texas. Between LSU and Oklahoma, if Texas, if Texas can win those two games – and take care of the rest of the Big 12, which is obviously much easier said than done, but something that I don't think is out of the ordinary for Texas to do, they could be they could be playing for a playoff spot. And these are the games that they need to win at home to do that. I think 6.5 is way too much. I love Texas in this spot. So really looking forward to watching that game. Um, would be absolutely shocked if LSU blew them out. Wouldn't be shocked if LSU won, I guess. It would just be them proving themselves. But... I expect Texas to win this game, and if Texas blew LSU out, and by that I mean by more than one possession, I would not be super surprised, to be honest. Uh, I'm expecting this to be around a six or seven point Texas win, so maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line with them too. Moving forward, the last play in the Weekly Five here is, uh, I love my night games. I'll always try to sneak a West Coast night game in there, and and, and you folks who out there listening to this can know that I'll, I'm awake, I'm watching these night games. I love 
I love the night games. There's nothing like being up at midnight and uh, and ending your night the right way. Um, this is a spot where I couldn't believe my eyes on this line. Stanford catching a point and a half at USC. Um, I do understand that USC is USC and they have the history that they have, but there's no reason they should be favored in this game. They looked awful against Fresno State. They lost the best player on their team to a season-ending injury, which is awful to, to see, but JT Daniels won't be playing quarterback for them. And Keaton Slovis is their quarterback, a guy who looked – I know it was his first game, and I don't want to be too hard on him, but just looked rattled in the Fresno State game. They could not really move the ball when he was playing quarterback. He nearly fumbled a, a snap when he was kneeing the ball. Just kind of looked like a guy who wasn't really ready to be the starter of the USC Trojans. Um, in Stanford, they didn't blow me away. They kind of won ugly against Northwestern, but that's kind of how you got to win against Northwestern. And I think this is a Stanford team that's kind of getting overlooked this year. They just... I think they, they're very well coached by David Shaw. They've got so, a solid defense. Um, KJ Costello may or may not play. I'm leaning. This is another thing, a point of value I find in this game is if KJ Costello ends up getting announced uh, as healthy and as the starter and his head's okay, I could see this line swing to Stanford minus two or maybe minus two and a half. So I think this is a spot where take Stanford in the point and a half and don't look back. I think USC, if you, if you look at their schedule, I think they've got – BYU next week, then Utah, then Washington, then Notre Dame. Things are not going to get easier for USC, and, and I don't really, I don't see Clay Helton and, and Keaton Slovis putting all the pieces together and winning this game at Stanford, even though they're at home. That, that seems to be the only thing they've got going for them. So I like this weekly five this week. I'm expecting Stanford to win this game outright yet again. Yet again, um, kind of the uh, a reoccurring theme here is BYU, Texas, and Stanford. I have them all. On the spread, they're all underdogs, and I have them all winning outright. So this is a week where I feel like I may have a little bit of an edge on the books, and we will ultimately find out in the next uh, in the next 48 hours or so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, really looking forward to these matchups. Like these, like these plays a lot. Um, very confident after my, my week one comeback, trying to keep that momentum going, and very happy that you guys are listening. I like to throw in a couple extra games I like to keep an eye out for. And now that I'm doing the podcast for them, I'll do a little prediction. So... Syracuse at Maryland. Maryland's favored by two points. This is such an interesting spot just because Syracuse is, they're ranked. They've got a lot of hype coming from last year. they got one of the best young coaches in the country who may not be coaching there for much longer just because of the, talk about a USC maybe finding a new coach in Dino Babers. Um, Maryland, I don't necessarily think they have the better football team, but I like them in this game. I think that they really made a statement winning 79-0 against Howard. I know it's Howard, but still, uh, I like Josh Jackson a lot. He's a he's an Ann Arbor guy who uh, was playing at Virginia Tech the past couple years at quarterback. Transferred to Maryland. I think he's a really good uh, really good gamer and quarterback, college quarterback. And I think Syracuse may be getting a little overvalued. They lost uh, their quarterback Dungey, and they got this new guy I think Devito playing this year. And I know they didn't show too much against Liberty, but I think this Maryland team may be playing with a little bit more of a chip than Cuse. And uh, I like them at home to kind of spoil Syracuse's. Uh, you know, they play Clemson next week, so their eyes may be getting a little big on that schedule, and they really want to be going into that Clemson game undefeated with game day or whatever. I think Maryland may spoil that party. So I, li- I like the Terps in this one. Moving forward, we got Nebraska at Colorado. This is just a matchup I'm interested in just because of all the hype that was surrounding Nebraska this year. Um, Scott Frost, obviously a great young coach, but, you know, there's only so much hype you can give a guy when he hasn't necessarily proven that his teams are – all that competent. 
Nebraska won extremely ugly against South Alabama week one, a game they were favored by 36. I think they ended up winning by maybe 14 or 17. Um, Very ugly win. Colorado uh, got some issues on the defensive side of the ball. They've got a playmaker in LaVishka Chenault who will be a first-round pick next year who's just a total stud. So I kind of might like the over in this one. Don't necessarily know where it's at, but I think it could be a bit of a shootout. Um, but ultimately, I like Nebraska to kind of save face in this game. Uh, the crowd's mostly going to be Nebraska fans. You know how they travel. And uh, I just think Nebraska is going to bring a little bit more intensity. And it may be kind of a close game, but I, I can see Nebraska kind of pulling away and, and ending up winning this one at Colorado. And finally, for games I like to keep an eye out for, Miami at North Carolina. A Miami team that a lot of the country's kind of forgotten about. They played uh, that week zero game. They've gotten a little extra rest. Um, with the, with their young quarterback and a, a disappointing loss against Florida, and then you got North Carolina with Mac Brown coming in as the coach, who really surprised a lot of people last week when they came out and beat South Carolina after a two win season last year. Very impressive to do that with a young quarterback. Uh, I'm leaning towards Miami at this point just because I think Miami may be a little little better than they showed in that Florida game, and uh, obviously still working the kinks out. It was a week before the season started for everyone else. They got a little extra rest. I like that freshman quarterback, so I'm leaning towards Miami. I'll probably end up staying away from the game, but uh, but, I, but I like the Canes in that one. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Hopefully we can stay above 50. Appreciate you. I do. I do.